0: Come in. Hallelujah. Thank you, Tracy. That is a blessing, the whole worship team. Thank you guys for taking your time and being a part of this, helping us out. And we sent the east or west back home. Did you notice? They're gone. They went, they went bye-bye. So we are so thankful for Tracy and the team helping us. And uh, we're just very blessed. You guys are really good. Amen. Give them a hand of encouragement. That's right. They're very good. Hallelujah. Well, I want to share with you tonight something that I think is going to be a blessing. How many want all of Jesus? I know you do. You wouldn't be here on a Wednesday night in the rain if you didn't. (laughs) Because I know that you could be a hundred other different places, but you chose to be here tonight. And so get to the word of God tonight. Let's look at it. I want to share with you the seven spirits of God, seven spirits of God. Now, I'm not going to be able to get all seven attributes tonight, so maybe one. How's that sound? But uh, go to Revelation chapter four and verse five. And from the throne proceeded lightnings, thunderings, and voices, Seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Verse six, before the throne, there was a sea of glass like crystal. And in the midst of the throne and around the throne were four living creatures full of eyes in front and in back. You know, when you began to read that scripture, did you ever ask yourself the question, what? Are the seven spirits of God for? What are they for? What are they? And how do I apply them into my life? I want to just introduce you to this this evening. As we look at Revelation chapter 3 and verse 1. And to the angel of the church in Sardis write. These things says he who has The seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your works that you have a name that you are alive, but you are dead. Now, it makes reference to someone who has the seven spirits of God. Who would that someone be? It would be Jesus. So Jesus possesses in full measure the seven spirits of God. And you know what's powerful about that? If he possesses the seven spirits of God, he has the ability to give the seven spirits of God. Because in Luke chapter 10, in verse 19, he said, behold, I've given you all authority. Why was he able to give us authority? Because it was his to give. Amen. And I know about Jesus. Jesus doesn't hold anything. Anything that he possesses for himself, he always gives it away. He always gives it away. You know, as a believer, I want all that Jesus has. I want to know him and the power of his resurrection. I want to go further and deeper in God. I want to know him. Intimately, and I know that's your heart. That's your desire as well. So I want the seven spirits of God to begin to burn in my heart and God to show me, according to verse six of Revelation four, that there are before the throne, a sea of glass and crystal. And in the midst of the throne around the throne were four living creatures full of eyes in the front and in the back. And this proceeding of lightnings and thunderings and voices and seven lamps were burning before the throne. The seven spirits of God. You know, I think, God, you know what? You don't put anything in the Bible just for us to fill up our pages and to read. You put it in the Bible for purpose. There is specific, specific purpose in this understanding. We must Understand, if Jesus gives all authority, then he must give all of who he is to those that are in covenant. Are you in covenant with God tonight? Amen. So if you and I are in covenant with Jesus tonight, we are in line for everything that he possesses. We are ready to receive everything that Jesus has in his hand. I go to Ephesians chapter 4. This particular chapter refers in verses 11 to 13 about the gifts that, that we have received in the church. The gifts of apostles and prophets and evangelists and some pastors and teachers. But I want you to look at verse 12. It says, for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. I, I taught. Uh, And that word equipping at great length, and it's a powerful Greek word. We don't have time to look at it now, but one of the attributes or understanding is of that word actually means taking a net that's been broken and mending it so it's functional again. So we understand that the fivefold ministry has been given to the body of Christ just under that one understanding for the mending of lives that have been torn under the weight load of life. So it's a powerful attribute here. And when we're talking about the fivefold ministry, but notice what it says for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. I want you to underline that in your mind to the fullness of Christ. It is the responsibility of the fivefold ministry, not only the understanding of the attribute of the word equipping to bring lives that have been torn to be mended again together, another attribute of that word equipping, and I have to get off of this because I want to preach that word equipping and I can't, but it also means to fit a bone that has been broken. In other words, to set a bone again so that it can become strong and be able to bear the weight that's been placed upon a life. It's the ministry of the fivefold. It's to take people who have been broken, torn, and bring them back to health. But he goes on to say, for the fullness of Christ. The fullness of Christ. It is our responsibility to bring the people into the fullness of Christ. In other words, we can't come into the fullness if the forces that were working in Jesus aren't working in us. And I don't know where we have defined Christendom where have we come up with this idea that Christians just go to church, give their money volunteer once in a while, sing have Christian events and then die and go to heaven I got to believe there's more to it than that I, I got to believe there's a growing into the fullness of Christ that I can become like him and the attributes that he possesses can become my attributes. Thus, if he has the seven spirits in his hand, he can give them to whomever wants to receive them. And I thought, Lord, bring Him on. I want them. I want to understand your fullness. I want to walk in your fullness. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 to 3. Then shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of its roots, and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and the spirit of understanding and the spirit of counsel and the spirit of might and the spirit of the knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. All right. I believe we can operate in those as well. I believe that you and I are candidates. If you are in covenant with Christ to operate in the same attributes he said his delight is in the fear of the Lord and he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes nor decide by the hearing of his ears this is powerful in other words he's not going to be moved by his flesh he won't be moved by what he sees or he won't be moved by what he hears he will be moved by the spirit of God that is upon him spirit of wisdom the spirit of wisdom speaks in his life Spirit of understanding directs his path. You see what I'm saying? He says he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor decide by the hearing of his ears. One of the goals, I believe, for a believer tonight is that we would begin to wean ourselves from being led by what we see and hear and feel. My quest this week is to rely less upon what I feel, what I hear, what I see, and more on the spirit of wisdom and of the Lord and of might and of wisdom and of understanding and of the fear of the Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to suggest to us tonight that this is a possibility. This is a very real invitation by the spirit of God to live on this level in this world. Oh, glory to God. I want to live on this level. Now let's go to Luke chapter 4 and verse 18. And let's just talk tonight about the spirit of the Lord. Okay. Okay. That's all we're going to talk about. Just the spirit of the Lord tonight. And and, and that's all the time that we have for. But in Luke 4 and verse 18, it was Jesus who came into the synagogue. You remember? And he quoted Isaiah. He took the scroll that was already open and he read in that place. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He is upon me. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me. To preach the gospel to the poor, sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Let's just look at the first part of that verse. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Jesus introduced himself by what he possessed. You know. A person who's in covenant by what they possess. I know you're in covenant, Elijah, by what's in you. What's on you. What is moving in you. Not by what you say. And so Jesus announced that the spirit of the Lord was upon him. And this was the opening Of what I call the latter reign. Or the former reign. Because with it came. The gifts of the Holy Spirit. Because up until this time. No prophet. No power. No no, no matter how powerful they were. Daniel. Jeremiah. Elijah. Elisha. None of them. No prophet. No king. No Bible character. Up to this point had experienced the Spirit of the Lord upon them from within them. It came up and it came on. And when it did, this was the latter rain. And the latter rain on the earth, the, the pouring out of God's Spirit, suddenly introduced the entire world to first Corinthians 12 verses eight to 10. And this is what it says for to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. And to another, the interpretation of tongues. All of these add up to one thing. The spirit of the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. This is the beauty. This is the wonderful, wonderful relationship that we have as a New Testament believer that we could have the Spirit of the Lord upon us and we could operate in these wonderful nine gifts of the Spirit of the Lord. They're not for a select few. They're not just for the pulpit. They're not just for certain anointed people. But they're for all. According to Acts 2 and 38, the Holy Spirit was a gift for all. Your sons and your daughters, your handmaidens, all those that are afar off. This is powerful news to the church. This is wonderful news release. This ought to be on CNN. The spirit of the Lord is on the earth. Hallelujah. The spirit of the Lord is upon me, Jesus said. Oh, church, realize what we're in for. (laughs) Realize what we have access to. These nine gifts of the spirit of the Lord. In Luke 24. In verse 49. The Bible calls this. Power from on high. This is what he said. Behold I send the promise of my father upon you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem. Until you are endued with power from on high. So power from on high. And the spirit of the Lord are one and the same. So the spirit of the Lord and power from on high are the same. When Jesus came in the spirit of power to deliver captives and set prisoners free, he fulfilled his messianic assignment. (laughs) So then our assignment is as Jesus' assignment. He came to preach this gospel, to set captives free, to open prison doors that the blind might see, the lame may walk. He fulfilled his assignment and he laid this on us. So Jesus, I'm not worthy. I don't feel like I can operate in this. I know little about it. But God, lead me by your spirit and I will walk in its fullness. Ought to be our prayer. Because it's our messianic assignment. You see, look at Luke 4.14 again, please. When Jesus returned in the power of the spirit to Galilee. And news of him went throughout all the surrounding region. Do you remember what happened? He was in the wilderness for 40 days and he was being tempted. And uh, he defeated the devil on every level of temptation. Some say the pride of life and the lust of the flesh. All of the the primary areas that you and I can be challenged indeed. Jesus defeated the devil. And he came out of that experience... In the power of the Spirit. <laughs> wow. Whoa. So I'm understanding something. When I operate in the pride of life, it hinders the power of the Spirit. Come on, somebody. The pride of life. The lust of the flesh. It hinders the power of the Spirit. The, the, the lust of the flesh. The lust of the eyes. When I operate in the lust of the eyes, it it dampens The power of the Spirit. So thus I must understand that if I'm going to come into the power of the Spirit, I've got to defeat these things in my life. Oh, I hunger for the power of the Spirit. Oh, I hunger for the Spirit of the Lord to be upon me. I want the Spirit of the Lord to be upon the church. No matter who prays for you. You could take any one of the people in here tonight. Doesn't matter who they are, where they stand, where they sit. Same spirit. Did you read that in the Bible? In 1 Corinthians 12. Said the same spirit. Said word of wisdom, but the same spirit. Word of knowledge, but the same spirit. You could get Anne back there, but it's the same spirit. Do you hear what I'm talking about? We want, to, we want to have a church that's, that's released in the spirit of the Lord. That we're operating in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You say, well, I don't know how to do that. I don't even know how to define them. I, Listen, don't try so hard. If we try to figure it out ourselves, just get in the place where the spirit of the Lord can come upon you. How many know that God is able to take care of it from there? (laughs) Yeah, he doesn't need seminary as much as he needs somebody to get in the right place with him study is good don't please misunderstand me but get in the right place with god and let the spirit of the lord come upon you we saw luke 4 and 14 the spirit of power he came in the power of the spirit but look at verse 18 he said the spirit of the lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel so the spirit of the lord he was talking about the spirit of power Jesus could have easily said in that synagogue that day, the spirit of power is upon me. It's the same spirit of the Lord, spirit of power. You believe tonight the spirit of the Lord is upon you, right? Of course you do, because you're in covenant with Jesus. And what is Jesus? He's given to us. If it's in him, it's in us. And that's why the fullness of the measure of Christ must be preached in this hour. I'm going to preach a message on Sunday. Why read the Bible? You think, now that is a boring sermon. You'll be surprised. Did you know, I'll just throw one statistic out. Did you know that only 16% of Christians read their Bible every day? 16%. Why read your Bible? Obviously, a large percentage of people feel no value in it because they're reading it like a book instead of the power that is in it they see no power in the word we t- tonight need to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit is not just speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gives utterance. It is receiving the power from on high. The power from on high. God, I want to fulfill your messianic assignment in the earth, in my city, in my home, in my family, and wherever you send me. I want to begin to feel and sense the moving of your spirit wherever I go. I know that I'm not just picking up groceries here at Giant Eagle. I am on assignment. So lead me Holy Spirit and I will operate in the power of the Lord. You get what I'm saying? You see. Another, I think it was eighteen percent of Christians who who don't read their Bible every day say they read it once a week while they're at church. Uh, now I'm not advocating reading just to read because that's why we don't read it. It's confusing, it's boring. It's repetitive. How many times can you read about the f- loaves and the fishes? Well, you can't read it like that. But I know one thing you can't get revelation unless you first have salvation. And that's my biggest concern about those who call themselves Christians today. My question is are you saved? Did you know America is spiritually stagnant? We haven't had a move of God in this country for decades. It was in the 70s, the last recorded movement of the Holy Spirit in America. Nothing in the 80s, nothing in the 90s. Now we're in the 2000, the first decade. 30 years waiting, waiting for the spirit of the Lord to come upon his people. Ooh, I think we're ripe. I think we're ready. I think God has a remnant hanging around somewhere that understands the time clock of God and is anxious to see his power again. That's why Acts chapter 1 and says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. The word anointed means empowered me. The spirit of the Lord is upon me and he has empowered me. Say it this way. The power of the Lord is upon me. And because the power of the Lord is now upon me, it has empowered me. Until the spirit of the Lord of power came on me, I had no power. But now that the spirit of the Lord is of power is on me, I now have power. He's empowered me. When we ask ourselves, where is the power in the church? It's in your lap. We've just got to get it out of the book and up inside your belly. There's enough power in this one room tonight to literally take this region by storm. Spirit of God should give us words of wisdom and knowledge as we talk to people. God, show me things. Give me understanding. Give me insight, Lord, because he has anointed me. It means empowered me. Now, to subdue the enemy in my life as well as others. Here's the first reason why the spirit of power has to come upon us. It is to subdue our enemies. My greatest enemy is not from without. My greatest enemy is within. And Jesus knew this. He said, don't do a thing. You go to Jerusalem and you wait there until you're endued with power. Because until you get this power... You will not begin to stand against your accusers. You won't be able to stand against the intelligence of the religious leaders. You will not be able to make it. You've got to have this power. And it wasn't to defeat them. It was to overpower themselves. To die to ourselves. Lord, I've got to subdue me. I can't, I've got to operate in Love. I got to operate in selfless love. I have to understand that my life is but a vessel. I, I, am, I am an instrument in the hand of God. I, I must recognize who I am and what I've been created to do. And so, this power that has come to us is to first subdue our carnal nature. Psalm 110 verse 1, "The Lord said to my Lord, "Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool." And I think about His enemies. I think, what could be His enemy? What could stand as an enemy against God? <laughs> it's almost humorous. Nothing. You think God can defeat the devil? Of course he can. He kicked him out of heaven and took a third of his buddies with him of all of the angels and said, get out. And they left. You think there's any enemy of God that he could not overpower? So if we read the scripture, Lord said to my Lord, said, at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. What is his quest? What is the heart of the father? It is to love his children and his children to love him. Ah, therein lies the enemy of God. <laughs> the enemy of God. You know what it is? We love ourselves more than we love God. He says, sit here till I make your enemies. Your footstool. I will send the power of the Lord on the earth. And when the power of the Lord comes upon them, it will empower them to subdue themselves. Every time you bend a knee to Jesus and say, Not my will, but thine be done, you have subdued his enemy. Anytime you feel justified, you feel as though you have a right to declare your position and your opinion and let people have a piece of your mind, but instead you say no and you begin to pray for them and bless them and you serve them, you have submitted an enemy to the footstool of God. Anytime you had that temptation to take that wallet and steal from it, and put it in your hand that which is not yours and you say no i will not you have subdued Christ's enemy and only the power of god can do that to change a heart of a man i want god's power first and foremost to change me as a man you see In verse 2, he said, The Lord shall send the rod of your strength out of Zion. See, what happens when, when you and I subdue ourselves, then the strength of that dominance, that victory is sent forth out of the church. It now comes out of a life that's gotten victory over self. The psalmist said, Send the rod of your strength out of Zion to rule in the midst of your enemies. Your people shall be volunteers in the day of your power. In the beauty of holiness from the womb of the morning, you have the dew of your youth. I think of David when he was at Ziklag. He said, Lord, should I I go after him, Lord? Should I go after him? He said, yes, pursue, overtake, and recover all. This is the this is the plan of God for this reason. This is the plan of God for your family, my family. It doesn't really matter what happens, what the devil does, what right turn, left turn comes, what 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 flooring falls out underneath our feet, what rug gets pulled out. It doesn't matter what people say, what people do. I have been called to dominate darkness. I will pursue that with all that is within me. I've been called to rule over my enemies. I will overtake them. I will continue in my progress and not only go part of the way and then find myself having to regress and go back and have to regain ground that I've already gained. You see, what happens with many Christians is that they get so far in God. They get so far in God, they, they, they progress, but then they don't continue in the progression. And the marriage gets better for a season. You get counseling, you pray through, and yeah, it's good. Praise God, it's good. But now he's back at it again, pastor. He's doing the same thing he was doing before. What am I going to do? The power of God was to continue in the progress you're making. Back is not an option forward is the only way to go because the spirit of the Lord is up and on me and he has empowered me to move on some of you have to move on you got to move on from what people have done to you and what they've said to you and how they've treated you move on, progress come on, keep on moving on sometimes we camp out and we live in our errors of judgment Sometimes we camp out and live there with the community of those who will remind us of our failure. And we have camp failure. That's where we go home from work every day. Camp failure. And it reminds us. And God says, continue on. Move on. Move from where you have been. I've not called you a failure. I've not called you a mistake. The Spirit of God is upon you to continue in your progress. This is a message that's got to be preached in this generation. Church has got to become more than a social club, a do-gooders club, a hangout time, a feeling good morally about some attribute, about feeling of coming together and, and, and doing something for the welfare of a city. It's got to be more than that. The spirit of the Lord is upon you. Thank you, Lord. And I must continue in the messianic assignment on the earth. that's in cleveland or if that's in nigeria or if that's up in toronto canada or if that's somewhere down in south america it matters not where the location of my assignment it the assignment hasn't changed the assignment is no different in africa as it is in america it's no different in cleveland on the east side as it is on the west side (laughs) the assignment is the same 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 2. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit he speaks mysteries. I declare over you, you are mystery speakers. I try every day of my life to pray in the spirit uh, a good season every day. And I do that for the purpose of unlocking mysteries that my natural mind would never know. And I pray that the Holy Ghost will make known to me those mysteries that when I encounter those various aspects or obstacles in my messianic assignment for that day. I've got the answer. Didn't even know I needed it. Until I was in trouble. (laughs) And when I got in trouble, the Holy Spirit showed me the way out. You know, what? that happens to you a few times, you start getting bold. You start getting confident. You start getting like Peter and John. Whip us if you want to. Put us in jail if you feel you want to. It's all right because we know who we're serving. And it ain't you. Pardon the English. There's only one thing we won't do. We will not ever agree to not preach in that name. And what they really was saying is to operate in his authority, and what they really were really saying was the power of the spirit that was upon them. That's our life. Those men said. So they beat them and sent them on their way. Get this: as they're going, with welts on their body, they're praising God for the opportunity to have having suffered for the gospel. Somebody help me. Something has to be on you if you come out of a a beating like that and you're going hallelujah, hallelujah. Or maybe on a stretcher or maybe in a wheelchair or maybe on crutches or maybe bleeding and bruising, can't even walk and can't see because you're blinded from all the beatings across your face and the blood is still running down into your eyes and you're praising him. <laughs> that means something had to come on you that doesn't belong in this world, something that's beyond this area, this region, this this terra, this earth, this 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 celestial ball. There's something somewhere from some place that is greater to make a man do that. <laughs> that's what I want. That's what I want to operate in. That's the spirits of the Lord the seven spirits of the Lord we're talking just about the spirit of the Lord they were number one you see in Jude 20 the Bible says behold beloved building yourselves up in your most holy faith praying in the Holy Spirit to pursue to overtake and to recover all to pursue to overtake and to recover all Father, I want to become bold. I want to become bold to step in anywhere that the devil is stirring up a mess. (laughs) It's like you get up in the morning and say, Lord, show me a mess. Because I got to get in it. (laughs) Most people are trying to avoid messes. You get up in the morning and say, where's a mess? Come on, give me a mess. Just one mess. Come on, Jesus, give me a mess. Because you understand the boldness about the solutions that you carry in your belly. We see stepping in anywhere, you see the enemy stirring things up. A couple more scriptures and I'll finish tonight. Acts chapter 4 and verse 29, please. Acts chapter 4 and verse 29. Now look on their threats, they said look on their threats grant to your servants that with all boldness that we may speak your word just look at what they're trying to do God we we don't really care what they're doing just give us boldness that we can speak your word To speak your word and Joel, finally, in chapter 2 and verse 3, talking about this army of the Lord. It says, a fire devours before them and behind them a flame burns. The land is like the Garden of Eden before them and behind them a desolate wilderness. Surely nothing shall escape them. You see, too many things are escaping the church's dominance in this age. It's escaping us. Children are being abused. They're being left on the streets of many nations of the earth to die. It's escaping us. People are being beaten. Drugs and alcohol addictions are soaring. It's escaping us. People are trouble in the church and we don't even know about our brothers and sisters who are in trouble, who have need. A need. Whatever that need might be, it's escaping us we're not even sure how do we process them they're overwhelming where do we come up with all the money listen stop thinking on the natural stop addressing the messes in the natural Jesus didn't come in there to the synagogue that day and go the spirit of the Lord is upon me and I'm not sure what we're going to do with all these blind people because there's a lot of blind people in here (laughs) he didn't say (laughs) he didn't say that (laughs) I've never seen so many blind people in my life (laughs) and he didn't say did you see the Roman prisons they're impossible to break open there's not a chance in the world I don't know what we're going to have to do. We're going to have to talk to the, to, the, to the mayor of the city. We're going to have to see if we can work out some halfway house program. We're going to have to come up with a means. Jesus didn't say that. He said, he's anointed me. He's empowered me by the power of the spirit upon me to free prisoners. We'll let God figure out how. We'll just concentrate on the assignment. Amen. So we're going to concentrate on your assignment and my assignment tonight. Things are no longer going to escape the church's dominance. I don't know what it is about it, but when I talk about this, something gets stirred up in me to the point I think, you know what? I just want to go knock on every church. I want to say, what are we doing? Come on, everybody. Let's, I want to grab every person that says they're a Christian. and, and You know, all, all 84% who didn't read their Bible this week and say, what are you thinking? Now, oh, pastor, come on. Don't put me on a guilt trip. Don't make me feel bad. Don't condemn me. Oh, honey, honey, sweetie. That's the last thing I want to do but you have been taught a religious mindset about the Bible. Just one statement about Sunday's message. Let me see your Bible. I know it's a filing cabinet, but anyway, listen. In the beginning was the, and the word was with, and the word, how many believe God is omnipotent? Let me see your hand. Okay, so what's the difference between this and God? Careful, because only 53% of all Christians believe it's an errand. In other words, the principles in here are for living, only 53%. Half, then, don't even believe this is inspired, let alone powerful. Do you feel it? Do you understand what I'm talking about? That's why Sunday I've got to preach on. Why read your Bible? Because we've forgotten that this is the power of God. And when you take this Bible and put it inside you, you get the power of God in you. So tonight, let's just close. Put your Bibles aside. You don't have to come up for the musicians. You're fine right there because I want you all just to focus as well. Sometimes our servants, our musicians, and our psalmists, state They work so hard and they don't get a chance to focus on a word. So you all just focus on a word. Because right now, God is speaking to every one of us in this room. It's not a mistake you're here. It's not by chance that you came. God has put us on assignment that the spirit of God is upon you. And he has empowered you. He has empowered you. He has empowered you to subdue yourself. And fulfill messianic assignment. Oh God, do it tonight, Father. Lord, I want to pray in the name of Jesus for every prisoner, for every bound for every person that is in trouble tonight father for every searcher situation and the circumstances that are pressing in on the people of god you have no right devil you have no authority or power who told you you have a right over god's children this is an illegal move. this I'm calling you out tonight, devil. You are illegal. You are under arrest by the presence of God. So tonight, Lord, I pray. I pray, God, for young women like Nicole, Father. I pray for her tonight, God, that she would have that need met supernaturally, God, by Friday. Lord, you would meet it supernaturally. It's a lot of money, but you meet it by your spirit, God. You do it for your glory. Oh, God. And every other person that's in this room with that same, same pressing need in their life i command the devil and his cohorts to loose their grip off of your life now back off devil you are defeated back off back off the power of the lord is upon us we are in covenant with jesus christ and we have the fullness of the measure of jesus operating in our lives Thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, God, and Lord, right now, we just pray God for children that are going to be tempted, they are in the midst of they're in the midst of a mess even now, Lord, but that's all right because we are so bold to speak into that mess. And say, God will turn it into a miracle because of the empowerment of the Spirit of God. thank you lord jesus and father we just we just release the presence of the Holy Ghost in this place now, Lord. have your way begin to operate in us show us things father give us wisdom give us understanding give us direction Lord give us great faith I pray for a deposit of faith in this room tonight faith in the hearts of your children Lord God like never before stir it up God stir up our hearts lord stir up our hearts God thank you that you're speaking our assignment there's things that you're showing us that you want us to do come on it's you it's me God's speaking to us tonight by his spirit you show us you tell us God you put your Your finger on it, Lord. You do it, Father, for your glory, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Let's get up on our feet for a minute. Thank you, Lord. Let's lift our hands up in the presence of a living God. Come on, let's just lift our hands up in the presence of a living God. We are so blessed to be in this atmosphere together because in a few moments we'll go back out into reality, into the world out there. And while we carry the Spirit of the Lord with us right now, God is still speaking. God is still ministering. God is affirming things in your life. God is showing you things in your heart. God is giving you direction tonight. Hallelujah. He's going to build his church and the gates of hell are not going to prevail against his church thank you Lord show us God reveal to us tonight God stir our hearts Lord father we're hungry God we're hungry for your move God we're hungry we're hungry for your move Jesus we don't want we don't want part time Christianity we don't want God just just a quarter of it or or half of it we we want all of it God we want to be endued father totally immerse us baptize us baptize us in the Holy Ghost and fire baptize us oh God in your glory and your power and your splendor jesus name god baptize us in your fire lord once again lord once again stir us up lord as your people give us faith give us give us anticipation give us an expectation lord give us give us energy give us excitement about the kingdom give us give us a sense of victory once again lord Father, awaken us, awaken us, awaken us. Even as we were praying earlier tonight for America, it's been stagnant spiritually. God, could it be the church is stagnant? Oh, God, tonight, stir our hearts, Lord. Let us no longer lay in stagnant pool, oh, God, of self-will. But, Father, stir our hearts, Lord. We're hungry for revival. We want to see baseball stadiums filled with hungry people for Christ. We want to see children coming to the Lord. We want to see miracles, signs, and wonders, God. Our heart is for this today, Lord. God, that we would continue in our progress, Lord. Not just go halfway and then back down and go backwards, Lord. Going forwards, Jesus. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. And if there's someone near you, just put your hand on on their shoulder and just bless them. Pray for them tonight and say, God, I pray the spirit of the Lord to be upon them. I pray that the power of God be operating in them. I pray, Lord Jesus, that tonight they will walk, oh God, in a new dimension, dominating darkness, ruling over their enemies, continuing in their progress, looking bold in the Lord, being able to stir, oh God, things up of the enemy's camp. Oh God. I pray tonight, Lord, that my brother, my sister, Jesus would be operating in the fullness of the force that has worked in Jesus and is now working in us. We thank you tonight, Lord, that you've given us all authority. So I'm praying for my friends tonight that they would operate in greater authority than ever before. We pray it, oh God, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, and we thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Before you leave tonight and you're continuing to pray, feel confident to do that. But I just want to encourage you so much. We we are on the precipice, man. We are right there into a move of the Holy Spirit in this hour. I mean, it's like we're right there, you know. So don't, don't get weary. I know some of you are struggling with stuff, but don't get weary. You, you, you begin to make your declarations. Get bold in God. Don't, don't get, we need you. We need every person in this room. Don't let the devil lie to you that you can't contribute and that you can't function. You can and you will. We are seeing something dynamic happen. And we're not going to sit back and watch the church crumble apart in northeastern Ohio ever again, are we? We're never going to let it go slip through our fingers again. Never, never. We're not going to let it do it. If we have to pray all night long, if we have to cry out all night long, then that's what we'll do. But you and I have got to make that resolve in Jesus' name. Now Sunday, bring somebody to church who doesn't believe in the Bible and I'll try to convince them. Why read the Bible? I'm gonna throw out some of the statistics I gave you tonight so it'll be a bit of a repeat so you can come late. You don't have to worry about being there early (laughs) because you'll hear part of my message but it it bled out a little bit tonight about the statistics but you'll be startled to hear the condition of the church. The condition of the church. Did you know there are more Christians today than there were 10 years ago in America? and we have less impact. You see, so there's there's something that has to get stirring in the people of God. Amen. Let me give you a quick update. I have not heard a thing from our location. That's the update. <laughs> and I told my I told my son, I said he handles all those arrangements. I said stop calling and talking to them. If they want us they'll call us. We'll put our hands on other things of the kingdom. And I'm not getting caught up in this game of them calling me and what about this. Listen, we're a blessing to you. If you want us to be there, we can pay you and we'll bring people to you. If you want us, great. If not, that's fine. Jesus has a place for us. So we're going to stay focused on the important things. Amen. And not on the things that are not important. All I know is prison doors are going to be open. I don't know how that's going to happen. God got a building for us. I don't know how that's going to happen either, but he'll, he'll do it for us. So don't get weary. I mean, hang in there with me. I'm hanging, so you hang, all right? And I just want you to know, live right, okay? Love everybody. And pray hard in Jesus' name. We'll see you on Sunday morning at 12 noon, right? All right, see you then. Love on somebody. God's loving on you. See you later.